So that has a huge application. I mean, it could go towards parenting. It can go yes. towards leadership, business, relationships. Even. Everywhere. Everywhere. Every other human you deal with, you can use this tool to work with them. This study references the book Nehemiah, I Am, Taking Authority Over Identity by Mike Hilson. Get your own copy of the book today on Amazon. Well, hey, everybody, welcome back. This is session number five of our study through the life of Nehemiah. Again, I'll tell you, we have this resource uh, that we put together. It's Nehemiah, um, Taking Authority Over Identity. The I Am cycle is what we deal with in here. And again, what we're dealing with is God establishing your identity in such a way that you can actually succeed in life. Because as we've gone through this, you've seen a couple of iterations of, of uh, uh, Nehemiah's identity being altered in chapter from chapter one to chapter two. God comes through; he's no longer the broken slave. He's now he's now the leader with potential. He then has challenges. Uh, the 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 job had to look larger than he expected it to when he got there, but he didn't let that settle him down. He constantly remembered who he was. He constantly remembered what God had called him to do, even when he was threatened. Now, I have to tell you that sometimes the threats to what you want to accomplish are not external. Sometimes they are very internal. Sometimes those threats are things that are internal that in the moment you, you, you failed to recognize or you failed to deal with in the beginning. And then they raise their head and you're suddenly caught, oh my, this is just not right. We run into a situation like that in, in chapter 5. Nehemiah is leading the work. The work is going well. They've, they've repelled so far uh, their enemies. They're building the wall. They're defending themselves. All of that is taking place. And, you know, it seems to be going well. And then all of a sudden this issue arises that I get the feeling Nehemiah didn't see coming. Maybe he should have but he didn't see it coming. And so let's take a look at this. Chapter 5, starting in verse 1. Now the men and their wives raised a great outcry against their fellow Jews. Some were saying, we and our sons and daughters are numerous. In order for us to eat and stay alive, we must get grain. Others were saying, we are, we are mortgaging our fields, our vineyards, and our homes to get grain during the famine. Still others were saying, we've had to borrow money to pay the, the king's tax on our fields and vineyards. And although we are of the same flesh and blood as our fellow Jews, and though our children are as good as theirs, yet we have to subject our sons and daughters to slavery. Some of our daughters have already been enslaved, but we are powerless because our fields and our vineyards belong to others. When I heard their outcry and these charges, I was very angry. Sometimes... Inside of an organization, let, let, me be very, let me be very clear, inside of an organization that you lead, maybe sometimes inside of an organization that you founded or you formed, you find points of, of um, inequity. You find points of difficulty. You find points where one group is overempowered 
over another, and and you didn't really realize it was there. Now, now Nehemiah probably should have been aware of this from the beginning. He probably should have seen it from the beginning, but keep in mind, Nehemiah's service has been in the king's palace as the cupbearer to the king. So he's been surrounded by people of power, people in position for all of his adult life. And now he's here and he has worked with the people that are in position and in power in order to get the work done. You hear him talk about the nobles and the priests and and putting people to work in given areas. You hear that talk all the way through the first four chapters. You get to chapter five and what happens is, I'm look, I'm let me be very clear. I'm going to be adding a bit of color here that that we don't have in the Bible, but I'm try. I want to unpack why chapter five seems to have surprised him. Why is he so angry as if he did not already know? I think that by the time you get to chapter five, the people that Nehemiah has up to this point been sheltered from are rising up. Let me explain. Nehemiah has been, from the time he arrives in Jerusalem, he's been in charge. And he's been, he's been the one that all of the nobles go to. And he has worked with the wealthy, the powerful, the nobles, the priests, all of them, the people in power. He has not, as, as far as I can tell in the first few chapters, he has not dealt with the people who don't have power, who don't have money, who don't have authority. And suddenly he's confronted with the fact that these people are oppressed and they're oppressed by their own people. Jewish people are lending to Jewish people, leaving them broke and indebted to the point that some of them are actually having to mortgage or sell their their properties. And some of them are actually having to to put their children into slavery, something that we don't really understand in in our modern world. But in, in this world, their children would be sold into slavery in order to, I don't know, hang on to the family farm. Just hang on to the house. You know, you, you, you got to sell your kids to pay the debts on the house or whatever. And they're losing everything. Now, here, let, let me stop. I got to give a little bit of color to this from, from further back in the Old Testament. Because it was clear in the Old Testament that this was not allowed. It was clear in the Mosaic Law that none of this was allowed. But Jewish people weren't allowed to treat Jewish people this way. There's even a year of Jubilee that comes up where all debts have to be canceled and property has to go back to its original ownership family. All, all of that exists in the Jewish law. But what's happening is these Jewish people are not acting very Jewish. These people of God are not acting like the God that defines them. Now, I, I want to say something. When you receive the identity of being a child of God, stay with me, just because you have now viewed yourself, you have now received the identity, you've now been made by the power of the Holy Spirit a child of God, does not mean that all the brokenness deep down inside of you has already been dealt with. It's all still there. But here's what happens. Over time, as you see yourself as a child of God, You run into some of that brokenness and you go, well, that doesn't match up with who I know I am. And all of a sudden you get angry about the fact that something's out of place inside of who you know you are. And you've got to deal with it. Look, the first step in dealing with something like this 
is to be made aware that there's a problem. Nehemiah wasn't aware there's a problem until all of a sudden this problem rises up. Look, I, I, I've done this for years. When I walked into New Life Church, when I was at, at, at the last church I was at before this, here was, here was the way I viewed what I needed to do. I need to tell these people they are, who they ought to be, until they become convinced that who they ought to be is who they are. If I get them convinced of their identity, if their identity, the way I, they identify themselves can change, then they will look back and they'll see something that doesn't match that new identity and they'll change it automatically, not because I asked them to, but because they realize it doesn't match with the identity, the definition, the personal definition that they now hold for themselves. This happens in our personal lives. And it happened to Nehemiah. He suddenly finds out that Jewish people are cheating Jewish people. Jewish people are oppressing Jewish people. And it makes him angry. The first step in fixing this is to be aware. He is now made aware. Look at verse 7. I pondered these things in my heart, he said, in my mind. And then watch what he says. And then I accuse the nobles and the officials. It does not say, I gently and privately went to them often. It says he accused them, the nobles and the officials. I told them, you are charging your own people interest. So I called together a large meeting to deal with them and said, as far as possible, we have bought back our fellow Jews and who were sold to the Gentiles. Now you're selling your own people only for them to be sold back to us. They kept quiet because they could find nothing to say. You've got to be made aware of the situation, but your next step has to be wise. Your next step has to be to insert wisdom into the situation, and that's what Nehemiah does. Nehemiah accuses them. He does not come to them and start to plead with them. He does not come to them and start to try to reason with them. He accuses them. He says, look, what you're doing is wrong. This is wrong. And by the way, here's why it's wrong. And he explains, you're selling your people off to the Gentiles, and then we have to buy them back. We're buying them back, and then you're selling them back out. This is ridiculous. This makes no sense. And so his, his next step is a step of wisdom. I know that when anger overtakes you, you want to somehow constantly act out of the passion of that anger. And, and it's, not like, it's, not like, it's not like Nehemiah held back. He accused them. But he's not just acting out of anger. He's thought it through. He said to them, here's the problem and here's why it's a problem. One of my sons was playing football when he was younger, and he said, I have to play angry. I have to play angry. I have to play angry. And I went, no, no, you don't play angry. He said, well, that's the way we're supposed to play. I said, no, you play determined. When you play angry, you play stupid. When you play determined, you'll play smart. Don't play angry. Play determined. And so I don't know if he ever figured it out. My kids didn't stay in football very long. But, but you, you, you can't do that. You can't just act out of anger. You've got to put some wisdom in the midst of it, or else all you're going to do is steamroll over people and not accomplish what you need. So I continued, it says in verse 9. So I continued, what you are doing is not right. You see, he's direct. He said, shouldn't you walk in the fear of our God and avoid to avoid the reproach of the Gentile armies? 
I and my brothers and my men are also lending the people money and grain, but let us stop charging interest. He, he has a plan. He says, let us stop charging interest. Give back to them immediately their fields, their vineyards, their olive groves, and their houses, and also the interest you are charging them, 1% of the money, grain, new wine, and olive, and olive oil. We will give it back, they said, and we will not demand anything more from them. We will do that. We will do as you say. Then I summoned the priests and made the nobles and officials take an oath to do what they had promised. You need to be aware, but once you're made aware, once you're made aware, you need to be wise. Think through it. But once you've got a plan and you're clear that God has given you a way to deal with this inequity, this this oppression, this 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 wrongness, you got to be direct about it. You can't, you can't play around. The, the one thing that is true when you are dealing with leaders, when you're dealing with people that are in charge, quite frankly, you need to be more direct with people that are successful than you are with people who maybe aren't as successful. And the reason is they didn't get where they are by beating around the bush. They didn't get where they are by by being soft. I, I had somebody, a, a president at a college was, uh, well, I had a president at a college that I was working with. And somebody said, somebody said, well, I, I don't know how to deal with this. He's asking me da 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 da. And I looked at him. I said, I said, what are you, what are you worried about? It's not like he's thin skinned. He's a college president. He he's been he's been hit before. Be direct. Tell him what you need. And if he wants to argue with you, then you have the debate. But just go talk to him. Don't tell me your problem. Go tell him. You know, you can't, don't worry about hurting his feelings. He's a leader. And the truth is, that's true. When it came to work, now when it comes to personal, that's different. But it, when it came to work, just tell the man, you're asking me to do this. I don't think I could do this. I'll do the other. Now, all of a sudden, you're being direct. Being direct will get you there. He, Nehemiah does not say, hey, why don't we be nicer? Hey, why don't we give just, y'all help me come up with a plan. No, he has a plan. He says, we're going to stop charging interest. You're going to give them back their stuff so that they can build their own wealth, so they can build their own family, so they can build their own security. And we're going to do this. And you know what the people did? All the leaders and the nobles and the officials said, we will do exactly what you said. We get it. You're right. We'll do that. He demanded that they do the right thing. And they did. Now watch. It says, starting with verse 13, I also shook out the folds of my robe, which is an ancient symbol of saying, if this doesn't work out, here's what's going to happen. And said, in this way, may God shake out of their house and possessions anyone who does not keep this promise. So may such a person be, be shaken out and, and emptied. At this, the whole assembly said, amen, and praise the Lord. And the people did, amen, by the way, means so be it. And so the idea was they were saying, we're with you. We agree with you. And so the whole assembly said amen and praised the Lord. And the people did as they had promised. Moreover, from the 20th year of King Artaxerxes, when I was appointed to be their governor in the land of Judah, until this 32nd year, so we're looking at 12 years now, when I was appointed to be their governor in the land of Judah until this 32nd year, 12 years, neither I nor my brothers are, uh, ate the food allotted to the governor. But the early governors, those preceding me, placed a heavy burden on the people and took 40 shekels of silver from them in addition to food and wine. Their assistants also lorded over people, but out of reverence for God, I did not act like that. Instead, I devoted myself to the work on this wall all my men were assembled here for the work and did not acquire any land. Furthermore, 150 Jews and officials ate at my table. I fed them every day, as well as those who came to us from the surrounding nations. Each day, one ox, six, 
he look in the end you, you got to be made aware but when you're aware you got to be wise then be direct but listen you got to lead by example you got to be the one that's leading you got to be out front this is not one of those things where you look at people and say do as i say not as i do you got to get in there and actually do this really light and momentary example of this years ago the church as the church filled up uh, we, we were having parking problems well in our area it's common for right next to the front door of the church for there to be a, a parking spot labeled pastor so-and-so and beside of it a parking spot labeled first lady so-and-so well i knew that was common in the area and so i said well we have a parking problem so i just i didn't say anything to anybody I just started parking my car at the furthest possible parking spot on the property and walking in. On rainy days, furthest possible spot. Cold days, furthest possible spot. Do you know people notice that? And before I knew it, every single staff person was parking next to me at the furthest possible spot. I started seeing board members parking at the furthest possible spot. Y'all, when you lead by example... True leaders who are paying attention will follow. I heard you say something that seems like an identity hack. You said something like you got to tell people that they are who they ought to be so that they can become that person. So you see there's a discrepancy between who a person is and how they're behaving. You know who they want to be maybe. You know what you see in them. So you tell them that that's who they are even though you're kind of lying to them <laughs> to get them to where they ought to be. Tell me a little bit about this hack that you came up with. Well, no, no, no. It's, it's, it's the use, it's the application of self-fulfilling prophecy. Uh, self-fulfilling prophecy is a very real thing, okay. but it's the application of it. To know self-fulfilling prophecy is a thing mm -hmm. is one thing. To use it as a tool is different. And, and look, I often say, what's the difference between leadership and um, and um Oh, what's the word I'm looking for? What's the difference the between leadership? No, between leadership and oppression. Oh, oh, oh. And the difference is motive. Mm. If my motive is to control them, I will use self-fulfilling prophecy to hold them down. If my motive is to lead them, I will use self-fulfilling prophecy to build them up. So when you, when you say, fairly, rightly so, when you say you're actually lying to them a little bit, mm -hmm. I, I, don't, I don't view it that way. What I'm doing is I'm, I'm training them to think of themselves the way they ought. Mm. That is who they are. The one that's been lying to them is the world. Right. The one that's been lying to them is the enemy. I want to tell them who they should be because that's who God wants them to be. Now, you got to be careful with this. I can't just tell them that they are who I want them to be. Mm. You know, that's, 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 um, that's manipulation. That's the word I was looking for. Manipulation. The difference between leadership and manipulation is motive. Not oppression. Got it. You know? Yeah. So that has a huge application. I mean, it could go towards parenting. It can go yes. towards leadership, business, relationships. Even. Everywhere. Everywhere. Every other human you deal with, you can use this tool to work with them. Mm -hmm. You know, you the, 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 you the people that are closest to you, if they are consistently insecure when they're around you, there's some role probably that you're playing in causing that. And you need to figure out what that is. And so I, I think I think you can I, I think you can use this to people to make people better. Yeah.
Absolutely. So Nehemiah does this. He walks in, he sees problems, and he calls them to action. Mm-hmm. Basically says, this isn't who you who you are. Yeah. You know, you're not acting the way that you should be acting. You're acting like the Babylonians, the Persians. You're acting like everybody else, but you're right. not acting Jewish. And they listen to him. They did. So I think there's two things at play. The first thing is, and I'm actually going to ask you, do you think that people inherently just want to do the right thing? Like when they're called out on it, do you think there's this, this internal witness that we have where when we hear something like, you're doing the wrong thing, you need to change, that there's a piece of us that rises up and says, yeah, you really should do that? I, I think that everybody wants, I think, I think most people want to do the right thing. Hmm. I think that everybody wants to be noble. I think that some people use ignoble means mm-hmm. to become what their definition of nobility is, but uh, but I think everybody wants to be noble. I don't think anybody just wants to be straight up self important. Mm-hmm. Now a lot of people end up doing that because they have a they have a wrong definition of what it means to be important or noble. Uh, but I think everybody, I think most people just want to be good. They want to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. And by the way, let me just say. When Nehemiah says this to the Israelites, they have not forgotten the Mosaic law. They've not heard it a lot recently, mm. but they've not forgotten what it means to be Jewish. Mm-hmm. You know, any more than I've forgotten what it means to be from North Carolina. Mm. You know, you remember these things from your culture. So when Nehemiah says this, when he says this is what we ought to do, it rings true in their ears. Mm. And they go, oh, yeah, you're right. We should have been doing that all along. Right. And uh, they've been enriching themselves because everybody – look, it's one of those things. When everybody else is doing it, when evil becomes the norm, good people will do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and that's what's interesting. The first thing I was wondering is if there's this internal desire to do good, but then there's something about Nehemiah. Mm-hmm. You know, How is it that Nehemiah just shows up? gets in their face, calls them out for something that they're doing wrong, and then everybody just says, yeah, you're right, we're going to do this. What is it about him? Well, I think I think they've seen something in him. And I, I do think uh, John Maxwell lays out uh, levels of leadership in, in one of his books, and there's positional leadership, which is the lowest possible level. Yeah. You got elected. So I think Nehemiah probably starts with positional leadership with these people. I have letters from the king that say I have authority. This is what we're going to do. Okay, this is what we're going to do. I think over time, remember that by the time we get here to chapter 5, you're, you're dealing with uh, Nehemiah has, has, uh, has brought letters from the king. He's brought resources from Asaph, the, the, the manager of the, of the, of the forests. Mm-hmm. He's, brought, uh, he's brought progress. He has brought uh, protection, and he has not stolen from them. He, he says very clearly here in, in what we read in chapter 5 that even over all these 12 years that he's been there, he's not taken like the other governors did. Mm-hmm. He, he had, they've seen it. So what that, that last, that highest level of leadership that John Maxwell lays out is personal leadership. Yeah. Uh, they will follow you because of who you are. Not because of the position you hold or because of what you've done or anything. Like that. They will follow you because of who you are. I get the feeling that Nehemiah has reached that level now. Mm. He could have demanded it from the beginning because of the letters from the king. Mm. 
Now they're following him very immediately because of who he is. Not because of who his king is, but because of who he is. It comes back to, like you said, leading by example. Yes, he's leading by example. And he has been for years. It's not new. <laughs>